Tallis was quick to remind me that I did not mention men's breakfast this Saturday, 8 a.m. Be here, men. Done, Tallis. <laughs> I said it wasn't on my list, but it was on my list. That shows you. <laughs> this morning we're in Judges 18. In chapter 17 of Judges, we looked at Micah, a man from the mountains of Ephraim. Micah, he took it upon himself to start his own little system of worship. He had idols created out of silver. He built a shrine, a, a little meeting place. He consecrated his own priest. And all of this is done in direct disobedience to God's commandments. One of the priests he set up was his son. And this didn't satisfy him. So a traveling Levite came by and he set up this Levite as a priest. Now the only person to be a priest in Israel was the son of Aaron from the tribe of Levi, but this this Levite was not a son of Aaron and shouldn't have never been set up as a priest. But Micah was doing right in his own eyes. And then he wants to ask God to bless his disobedient behavior because his behavior, his actions were religious. Does that sound familiar? I... I'm amazed sometimes at what people want God to bless. And we have a rule book. It's called the Bible. <laughs> you know, study the Bible. See what God wants. See what he requires of man. But as we delve into chapter 18, we see the tribe of Dan. Uh, they are attracted to Micah's new religion. And I think they're attracted to Micah's new religion because Micah is rich and prosperous. So let's jump into chapter 18 and we'll read the first four verses here. In those days there was no king in Israel. And in those days the tribe of Dan was seeking an inheritance for itself to dwell in. For until that day their inheritance among the tribes of Israel had not fallen to them. So the children of Dan sent five men of their family from the territory, men of valor from Zorah, from Estol, to spy out the land and search it. They said to them, go, search the land. So they went to the mountains of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and they lodged there. While they were there at the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. They turned aside and said to him, who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What do you have here? And he said to them, thus and so Micah did for me. He has hired me. And I have become his priest. In the very first verse there, it says, No king in Israel. No system of government is what it's truly saying. To enforce God's commands. And Israel has been called to God a separated people. 
but there's no one that is overseeing this. Israel at this time is a very loose culture where everyone sort of took care of themselves. And men like Micah flourish in their homemade religious systems. Their systems were enticing to hear, appealing to a people that seemed to be adrift in their beliefs. In the New Testament, we read where the Apostle Paul declares, men will heap up for themselves teachers with vain philosophies and beliefs that tickle the ears. Israel has turned away from obeying God to a, believing a system that they've worked out which is right in their own eyes. Any cult, any group that gathers together and begins their own self-governing uh, type of worship are a people who are unhappy with God's commands. And the tribe of Dan is unhappy. They have not taken their allotted territory that was given to them uh, by God through Moses and Joshua. And the tribe of Dan, to take their inheritance in the south, uh, they would have to come against uh, the Canaanites who occupied that land and they're to be right between Benjamin and Judah. And Benjamin and Judah take their land, but the Danites, they don't. They can't defeat the Canaanites who are there. They, the Danites, they had the, the Philistines on the west of them, and on the east of them was the Ammonites. And both of these were strong nations, and the people of Dan uh, they have just not ventured out and took their possession. These opponents of Dan are very strong. So the tribe of Dan now will seek out a place, an easier place to live, one that doesn't require them to conquer the land, for their inheritance was difficult. And they seek greener pastures. They seek easier fields but they are making a grave mistake as a tribe. Perhaps you've noticed, in your own life, God does not usually take you away from your difficulties or trials. He takes you through them. Jesus has told us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is his way of saying, persevere, I'm with you. And trials do nothing but build character into our lives. The Danites, they want out of their difficult inheritance. They want out of the trial that is before them. So the tribe of Dan, they send five spies, five trusted men, to find this better place, an easier area to occupy. And where do the spies go? These five trusted men, they go to the very home of Micah. Evidently, this man Micah is becoming well-known in the hill country of Ephraim. 
The spies of Dan, they're on a mission of gathering information for their entire tribe. The whole tribe is going to listen to them and perhaps make a move for the whole tribe. As they near the house of Micah, they hear the voice of this young Levite that is now Micah's priest. and, And the spies, they have a question for this Levite. And their question is, who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? And what do you have going on here to make you stay here? It's interesting. Many corporations stayed. They send out delegates to different areas uh, that they might consider moving to or perhaps even building a new factory. We do not call these corporate uh, people spies. We call them resource specialists. <laughs> and the Levites in verse 4, uh, he tells the spies of Dan, all that Micah has done for him. He's boasting what a, what a good uh, man Micah is and how he's treated him fairly. And, but out of the very lips of this Levite comes the confession that he's a hireling. I've been hired by Micah. In John chapter 10, Jesus speaks of himself being the good shepherd, giving his life for the sheep. But read what, I'll read to you what Jesus says about a hireling. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Not to mention having breakfast with them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. So, a hireling is just there for the money. A hireling is simply someone doing ministry for the bucks, not having a shepherd's heart. Religion in America is big business. Don't ever kid yourself. We, as a small church, small. All our bills are paid. We just paid off our mortgage on this place. There's money to be made in churches and in religion. God help us to be faithful with what comes through our hands. But a hireling, he does ministry for the money. And the Levite in Micah's house is a hireling. We're introduced to him as he travels through the countryside of Ephraim. And in Judges 17.9, the Levite, he answers Micah's questions before he becomes his priest. I am a Levite from Bethlehem, born in the right place, in Judah. And I'm on my way to find a place to live. He's looking for a home. Micah offers the Levite. He offers him a good wage, a handsome wage, with benefits. He gets a clothing allowance, an ephod. (laughs) Plus, he has room and board covered for him. And in verse 11, the Levite is content, satisfied to live with Micah's family 
and be Micah's priest there in his household. Micah, he is happy. He's thinking, now I have God's blessings because I have a Levite as my priest. The Levite is happy and content only until something better comes along. And that something better for the Levite comes in the form of the tribe of Dan. So let's read the remainder of chapter, well, not quite all the remainder, but 5 through 26 of chapter 18. So they said to him, please inquire, this is the spies, please inquire of God that we may know whether the journey on which we go will be prosperous. And the priest said to them, go in peace. The presence of the Lord be with you on your way. So the five men departed and then went to Laish. They saw the people who were there, how they dwelt safely in the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and secure. There were no rulers in the land who might put them to shame for anything. They were far they from the Sidonians, and they had no ties with anyone. Then the spies came back to their brethren at Zorah and Eshtol, and their brethren said to them, What is your report? So they said, Arise, let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and indeed it is very good. Would you do nothing? Do not hesitate to go and enter and possess the land. When you go, you will come to a secure people and a large land, for God has given it to, into your hands a place where there is no lack of anything that is on earth. And 600 men from the family of the Danites went from there, and Zorah and Eshtol armed with weapons of war. Then they went up to the, and encamped at Kirjath Jerem in Judah. Therefore they called the place Mahad, or whatever, Dan to this day. There it is, with of Kirjath Jerem. And they passed from there to the mountains of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. Then the five men who had gone to spy out the country of Laish answered and said to their brethren, Do you know that there are in these houses an ephod, a household idol, a carved image, a molded image? Now therefore consider what you should do. So they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite man, to the house of Micah, and greeted him. The 600 men, armed with weapons of war, who were of the children of Dan, stood by the entrance of the gate. Then the five men, who had gone to spy out the land, went up, entered there, and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, the molded image. The priests stood at the entrance of the gates with the 600 men, who were armed with weapons of war. When these went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household idols, and the molded image, the priest said to them, What are you doing? And they said to him, Be quiet. Put your hand over your mouth and come with us. Be a father and a priest to us. Is it better for you to be the priest to the household of one man or that you be a priest to a tribe and a family in Israel? Better job offer coming. So the priest's heart was glad, and he took the ephod and the household idols and the carved image, and he took his place among the people. Then they turned and departed and put the little ones, the livestock, and the goods in front of them, 
And when they were a good way from the house of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house gathered together and overtook the, the children of Dan. And they called out to the children of Dan. So they turned around and said to Micah, What ails you that you have gathered such a company? So he said, You have taken away my gods, which I made, and the priest, and you have gone away. Now what more do I have? How can you say to me what ails you? And the children of Dan said to him, Do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry men fall upon you, and you lose your life with the lives of your household. Then the children of Dan went their way, and when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his house. The spies have a question for Micah's priest. Will our trip as spies, will it be prosperous? Unfortunately, that is all some people want from God. Give me your blessings, God, so I may prosper. The Levite, he's, he's shrewd enough, he's cunning, he understands a good report is what these spies want to hear, and he gives them the good report. Go in peace, may God go with you, and it appears everyone is happy. The spies, they have observed the land. It's large, it's good, it's lacking nothing. And the spies notice one critical advantage for them. There's no king in Israel. There's no system of government. There's no rulers there in the land that they desire to take. In chapter 17, uh, 18 and 19, there is four mentions of no king or ruler in Israel. That's mentioned four times for a reason, and the translation of that is, there's no form of law or order. There's no sheriff in town. <laughs> no one to keep evil men from being evil. These Danite spies return to their home, and they gather up a small army. They gather up 600 men with weapons of war. And they come back to Micah's house, and they take Micah's idols, his ephod, and they give the Levite, that's the priest at Micah's house, they give him a choice. Be the priest of one man Micah, or come and be the priest of our tribe. And the Levite, he is torn with loyalty to Micah, or does he choose advance? No, he's not torn for a moment. This is an opportunity for him to seize, and he does. He is a hireling. He's in it for the money. Verse 20, so the offer to be a priest of the Danite makes the Levite very happy. He is glad. And the Levite? What does he do? He takes all of Micah's gods, idols, 
valuable artifacts that are used in worship. And the Levite is happy at the turn of events in his favor. He goes from being the priest of a household to an entire tribe. But Micah gathers some of his neighbors, some of his men. He chases down the deserting priest. He catches up to the army of Dan. He accuses them of stealing his gods and taking the priest along with the silver idols. But the Danites, they warn Micah, be careful what you say, Micah, lest some of our angry men come out and kill you. Hold your tongue, Micah. If you protest too much, it could cost you your life. And Micah turns and goes back to his home, to his house. But do you notice anything peculiar here? Micah says, you have stolen my gods. What's wrong with that picture? The last time I was in prayer, I asked God to take care of me, not me take care of God. If your God can be stolen, you're in real trouble. <laughs> so let's read the final few verses of chapter 18. So they took the things of Micah and made, he had made, and the priests who had belonged to him, and went to Laish, to a people quiet and secure, and they struck with them the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. There was no deliverer, because it was far from Sidon, and they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belongs to Beth Rehob. So they rebuilt the city and dwelt there. And they called the name of the city Dan, after the name of Dan, their father, who was born to Israel. However, the name of the city was formerly Laish. Then the children of Dan set up for themselves the carved image, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Manasseh, and his sons were priests to the tribe of Dan until the day of captivity of the land. So they set up for themselves Micah's carved image, which he had made, all the time that the house of God was in Shiloh. Just a thought here. You might be in real trouble if your God can be stolen. You may be in real trouble if you can even fashion or make an image of your God. Your system of religion or church may be in trouble if your pastor or priest leaves you for better pay. Perhaps he is a hireling. Remember again, a hireling is a person described by Jesus, a person that is hired to take care of the sheep, no ownership in the sheep, and when trouble or danger comes, the hireling deserts the sheep. And in the case of Levite, as a hireling, he leaves Micah and his household for a more prestigious position. 
more notoriety, more money. He gets to be the priest, the head priest of an entire tribe of Israel. And because he was a hireling, he was glad when this better offer came from the Danites. This priest, a priest is supposed to be a go-between the people and God. This priest cares not for anything of God's kingdom. He steals the silver idols, the carved images, which Micah made and established as a false cultist religion. And he brings them to Dan, and Dan was caught up into the worship of these idols for years to come. But why did the priest do this? Because the money was good. And the bottom line for the Levite was simply, what's in it for me? In our scripture reading this morning, we're told shepherd of the flock of God, willingly, not for dishonest gain. Whenever we read of scandal of some high-profile minister or ministry, it gives all of Christianity a black eye. It gives all of us a black eye. We're to shepherd. We're to be part of the flock willingly, not for dishonest gain. There's a couple, three chapters that are left in the book of Judges, and next week we're going to, maybe next week, might do a Thanksgiving sermon next week, <laughs> but next week we're going to look at a Levite who took a concubine. That was a forbidden practice in Israel, and all the horrible things that came about because this priest took a concubine, and all that went on there and we see the progression of sinful behavior. You may want to read ahead of chapter 19 through 21. It's quite gruesome, so we'll probably <laughs> give that warning before we teach that. But what's today's lesson? What's in it for us today? Don't allow your God of silver or gold to be stolen. There it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep your possessions. No. If your God is anything but the living God, readjust your thinking. Idols can creep into each and every one of our lives. We call them things like hobbies. We call them things like uh, entertainment. We call them things like a bigger and better house. We call them things like a new car. Be careful of any idol in your life. Let God be God. Amen. Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. Father God, you are so clear, so very plain that we're not to have any other gods before us. 
And yet we see this priest in Micah, how they advance, and they took a whole tribe and started a cultish worship practice in the tribe of Dan. And Lord, if we find that offensive, how offensive do you find that? It's an affront to you. And so, Lord, we just would pray that you keep our hearts pure and clean before you, that we would not get caught up into possessions or into prosperity in any way, Lord, that we would just be wholly dedicated to you and to your kingdom. And Lord, we want to see your kingdom flourish here on earth. We want to see you save many. We want, we want to see America turn to you, Lord. And so we pray for this election coming up Tuesday, Lord. What a critical time it is in our nation, our selecting of a president. Lord God, may our hearts be pure before you. May we be in prayer before we dare cast a vote. Let us, as Christians, vote in a manner that's pleasing to you, Lord. And we pray that you would raise up the very person you want to be, president, and we pray for local elections also, Lord, those that uh, are just in our cities, in our states. Lord God, let us take our right to vote serious, and may we be in prayer for it. So, Lord, we ask you to bless America as we turn to you for our blessings. Give us a heart that's after you, Lord. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.